the first Christian church of Jesus Well, as I told the folks this morning, I, uh, this sermon is not really in its final form. This was a sermon I've, I've been preparing for next week as I preach up north. So, I, um, so you're going to get it as a trial run. I hope it's not too bad. Um, how many of you, I know some of you do, how many of you watch or look at Facebook and go on Facebook? Come on, be honest. I know some of you. Well, not all. It's my wife. We will. We will judge you. Okay, Jeff. Um, there's a lot of things that show up on there that really crack me up. Uh, you know, you hear things about different concepts of life and how we're supposed to accept various things, and they come up with these weird terminologies for different stuff. You know, um, have you ever heard of air pudding? Air pudding. It's come up. I I don't know where it came from, but I saw it pop up and air pudding. I think, what is air pudding? I don't know. So I started to do some research on this idea of air pudding. I thought this would be fun to preach on. So I'm going to share you some some thoughts today about air pudding. See what you think. Um, I'm, now I don't the disclosure here before I start. I don't uh, I don't. I don't adhere to air pudding theology, but just hear me out. Air pudding. Apparently, air pudding is really big, or getting bigger in the diet world. People who want to lose every bit of fat they have on their body, so they look like pencils people. But it's an imaginary food that you can eat. I'm waiting, Dave. I'm waiting for a comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, an imaginary food. You can get it whenever you want it. I mean, it's available, readily available. You don't have to prepare. You can have it. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so I want you to take just a moment and really focus on this. Try to get your head wrapped around this. Try to imagine, if you will, it just pops up. Air pudding will just pop up whenever you need it, whenever you want it. It's right there in front of you, in front of you to enjoy. So, think about a nice, juicy ribeye steak or New York steak. There you go. <laughs> think about that now. Get that in your, get that picture in your mind of that nice, thick steak. It's only air pudding. So you're not, you know, it just pops up. It's in the form of a steak. If, you want, if you're longing for a nice juicy steak, think of air pudding. And it will pop up. You'll be able to eat that air pudding pot, a steak and you won't gain any weight. Pretty. <laughs> and you're not supposed to go that deep, Jacob. <laughs> How's it taste? How's that air pudding steak? Tasting right now? Can you taste it as your as your mouth watering? Can you see those nice juicy juices flowing out as you cut it? It's nice and tender and moist and succulent. I'm not looking like I'm selling anybody on air pudding. Right? <laughs> All right, let's try something else. Hmm. Cake. 
Who said cake? My wife says cake. Now she's trying to lose weight, so that's probably what she wants cake more than anything. So, okay, nice chocolate, double chocolate cake with fudge filling or whatever. Start thinking about it. It'll pop up. You'll be able to enjoy it while I'm preaching here in just a minute. Anybody got a hold of that yet? Anybody enjoying it? Cake, air pudding cake. I'm having cherry cheesecake. All right. Let's see. We got Ruth is into the game. She's getting into it here. How's it tasting? How's that steak followed by a nice chocolate pot cake going? I would have to do cherry pie. Nice thick cherry pie with like three cans of cherry pie filling in it. Deep dish. Huh? This is something the current administration. <laughs> Just hang on to that. <laughs> cherry pie, steak, air steak, followed by a pie, air pudding, cherry pie. Did it fill you up if you finished eating? Are you still hungry? Jacob, for you, it might be, you could get a, probably get a Big Mac or a double cheeseburger with fries, supersized, whatever you want. You, you know, <laughs> how we doing, folks? Apparently, this is going around. People are pushing this. If you want to lose weight, just think of air pudding, and you will not put any weight on it. You might die of starvation at some point <laughs> if you keep it up, but um, it's kind of weird. I don't know where people come up with stuff. I. It's kind of, you know, they, they're always looking for something they can grab onto and idolize or worship. And it's not limited to just food, apparently. If you look around today and you look into people's lives or you do some studies on people, uh, you, you, can, you can find people that apply the air pudding concept to the things of life. You know, I want... Uh, I want the $2 million lottery. Air pudding. Come on, check. Where are you? I need that check. A new car. Success. Fame. All those things are false images that people strive for, try to hang on to. It's the dream of the good life, you know? We all want the good life, don't we? We all want that dream. We all want to be successful. But what, at what cost are we willing to go that route. I want to encourage you this morning to hold on to the, the very simple concept that without God in your life, your dreams really are worthless. I mean, you could have everything in the world that the world offers. If you don't have God, if you don't have Christ in your life, you're missing the component. You're, you're missing that last piece that completes the puzzle. There's always a missing piece if you don't have God in your life. And I believe that to be true. It's all an illusion without God. I've been, uh, I've been um, following sticks re- recently, and I don't know if you all know who, who sticks are or what sticks are. <laughs> Ted would know. Us rock, old rock and rollers know sticks. Um, I, I used to play in a rock and roll band, if you can believe that, uh, when I was in high school. Got me into some trouble with my future mother-in-law, but 
other than that, um, it was a good time. We had fun going out playing, playing parties, and playing at school dance and different things. But I kind of drifted away from, and I always love sticks, but I kind of drifted away. But they wrote a song called The Grand Illusion. And if you listen to the lyrics, that I'm actually have a sermon started on that titled The Grand Illusion, so I'm kind of robbing from that. But their, their song, the lyrics to the song, talk about life being just an illusion. Uh, man, that's, that's pretty... For the, and I never thought of it back then when I was 18 years old or whatever it was, 17, when I was playing. Um, I just thought of it as a cool rock and roll song. But the lyrics, if you listen to them, he, he writes about life being a grand... If It's just a grand illusion. It's not what it's all cracked up to be. Because there's pieces missing in our life. Without God, the picture's not complete. Without God as a glue to hold everything together, it can fall apart and crash real quickly. I want to share with you from a passage of Scripture this morning, uh, if I have it marked here, Isaiah, it's an Old Testament passage, Isaiah 29, verse 8. And, and the writer here, Isaiah, is talking about a grand illusion. He's, he's talking about life as an illusion. Listen to this. It will be as when a hungry man dreams. They're putting air pudding right there see it will be as when a hungry man dreams and behold he is eating but when he awakens his hunger is not satisfied or as when a thirsty man dreams and behold he is drinking but when he awakens behold he is faint and his thirst is not quenched thus the multitude of all the nations will be who wage war against Mount Zion. Isaiah talking about the siege of Jerusalem when it was when it had t- taken place. And I want to plug this into this idea of air pudding. The army uh, that came against Jerusalem, they were dreaming, they were thinking about air pudding that day when they came up against the walls of Jerusalem, when they came forward to try to conquer Jerusalem. Isaiah says there would be a day when Jerusalem would be surrounded by its enemies. He he warns about that in his writing. He talks about it. Jerusalem was to be destroyed. Why? Well, God recognized that the people in Jerusalem were spending more time worshiping rituals and sacrifices than God. They were spending more time looking at the false things of life than they were at the true source of life, God himself. So he sent the army to come around and they surrounded Jerusalem. But when the army got there, they thought, you know, this is a pretty big wall and I I don't know if we're going to be able to breach it. It's taken us a while to build a siege ramp up there so we can get over it. Let's just starve them out. We'll just starve them out. Eventually they're going to have to come out and get some food or they're going to ask us for something. We'll just starve them out. So that's what they did. They set up camp outside and just waited. Army of I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of soldiers sitting outside waiting, waiting, waiting. So inside the walls, it's a whole other scene. Inside the city, the people 
they trusted the history of the city. They felt that nothing could harm them while they were inside the walls of Jerusalem. They were counting on all the sacrifices, all the ritual that they had gone through, that God was going to keep them safe inside that wall. Back on the outside, the Assyrian army waited. Waited to gain that rich, dreams of riches and victory. Think about it, if they could breach, if they could get inside that wall and get rid of the people, all that possessions were in there waiting to be taken. The spoils would be heavy. The spoils would be large. But if you continue to read the story in Isaiah, you see that an angel is sent. He's sent there that morning to destroy the Assyrian army. So the angel comes and the next and does his, his task and the next morning the folks inside the wall look out and see all these dead people. The army's been completely annihilated. It was a bad dream actually for the Assyrians. They thought they were going to come out victorious and in the end nothing but death. They are sitting outside eating up on the vision of that air pudding of the spoils inside the city and they wake up hungry. Well, actually, they didn't wake up. They were dead. The Syrian, the, the, the angel killed them. But what about the people inside the city? Their air pudding consisted of uh, continuing to rely on the symbols and the sacrifices that they had relied on so often. There are a lot of people today, and there's people in the church who place a, a, a large amount of trust in good luck charms and symbols. I go into go into people's homes. I've gone into people's homes in the past, and you know you see all these things on the walls, images and angels, and there's nothing wrong with it, as long as that's not where your trust lies. We need to be placing our trust in the power of God because God, like He did that day in Jerusalem, He can conquer even the most vicious enemy that comes against us. Symbols and items, relics, whatever you want to call it, rabbit's feet, if you're into rabbit's feet, I don't, that used to be a thing years ago, rabbit's feet, everybody had it on their keychain or hanging on their mirror. Uh, you know, it's always a good luck charm. There's nothing special about that other than you took it was taken off a dead rabbit. Well, maybe not a dead rabbit. It could have been taken off a live one too, I guess. But they still get around with three feet, right? Take one or two. Don't dare take two off a live rabbit because then you have a hard time getting around. But, but they don't have any value. They don't have any spiritual strength. Symbols mean nothing Spiritually, it could be a reminder of what God has offered us, but they have no power to save us. There's no grace in symbols. There's no protection there. And so, at times when troubles come, if we fall into the trap of relying on those symbols and those items, it's just like air pudding. It's just like trying to eat air pudding. It's just an illusion. So I want you to think about 
air pudding today, and I want you to take try to take away two things today very quickly. The first thing is that you got to put your trust in God. No matter what happens in your life, put your trust in God. He will get you through. He will bring you through. It may not be the route you would take. It may not be the course you would rely on, but He will bring you through it if you trust Him. And secondly, I want you to remember that those who seek to fight against God's people will never win. And I think that's so relevant today in our society today. Um, I wasn't going to get political here, but I think our government is eating a lot of air pudding right now. I don't know about you, but I think they're eating a lot of air pudding. Trusting in air pudding. And they're trying to destroy the Christian community. And I shared with you a couple weeks ago that video um, that Arthur, I forgot his last name, that pastor in Canada. He was arrested a couple a week later. They came and physically, him and his son, they drug him out of his house, arrested him in handcuffs, and took him to jail. Um, he spent a few nights in jail. They finally released him, and now he's, guess what he's doing now? He's speaking out against the tyranny of the country still. Didn't deter him. He's putting his faith and trust in the one who can stand, help him stand against the evil forces. So put your trust in God and don't fear what's coming. What's coming, uh, Because it is coming. Scriptures tell us that it's a dangerous thing for any organization, any army, any group of people to try to rise up against his people. Because we will win. We, we will be victorious when it's all said and done. may not be a sweet ride. It may not be a pleasant time. We may have to do without a few things. But in the end, we're going to win. That's what it talks about when it says, when, when the scripture says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into, the, into your reward. That's what it's all about. Trusting God and relying on Him for our power and our strength, knowing that He will get us through. Donnie McClurkin said, We will all fall down, but we get up. And that should be our our motto. That should be our mantra, if you will. We may fall. There may be times when we stumble and fall down, but are we going to get up? I pray every day that each one of us has the strength to get up when we fall. I've fallen. I've done things contrary to what God desires. But I get up and I keep going. The enemy tries to put fear into our lives, tries to get us to start thinking of how bad it could, they can make it be or they can seem to make it. You know, we're going to arrest you. We're going to take away your 90, your 5013C status. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Fear is their their tool, their weapon. They dream of stopping the Christian faith by giving us 
spirit of fear. But that spirit of fear is just air pudding. It doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to sustain us. It doesn't have to be a part of our life. Psalm twenty seven one says, The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's a great promise to keep in your in your memory. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You don't have any reason to be afraid of anything because Jesus is there. In uh, Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your needs through Jesus Christ. Many people fear about, hey, I'm not going to have enough to get through this. I'm not going to, my money's running out. I'm not going to have enough. It's air pudding. Don't fear it. It's not important. That's not the vital issue in your life. You need to be built up in the riches of God's glory and His grace rather than money and possessions. How about optimism? You ever lose your optimism in life? <laughs> yeah, I have too. That too can be air pudding if you have trust in Jesus. Just a fake, false idea that really does not have to, uh, we have to worry about it. Psalm 12, or I'm sorry, Psalm 121, 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from hence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Can you say that today? Is that your, your, Statement of faith. You'll never be left in want if you're following Jesus. If you're trusting in God, it's all just air pudding. The Lord is my shepherd. Remember that one? Psalm 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There's no need to worry. How about Job? I mean, things can get really bad in our lives. And they probably will at some point. But what, how did Job address it? In Job 1.21 he said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Now that's an amazing statement for a man to make. He's lost his home, his family, and his wife just wants him to lay down and die. What kind of woman is that? And he says, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. That's an amazing statement of faith when you stop to think about it. Blessed be the name of the Lord, he says. Blessed. I don't know about you, but I I have found in my years that trusting in the Lord is just a grand illusion. It's not just a grand illusion, it's the answer. But trusting in the world is where the grand illusion is. If we trust in in the Lord, He will take away our doubts and can give us confidence. If we trust, He'll take away our weaknesses and give us strength. With trust, He'll take away our despair and give us hope. He'll take away our defeats and give us victory. He'll remove our problems and give us solutions. That one is vital in our life today, I think, to keep in mind. 
And He'll even take away our failures and give us real success in life if we just trust in Him. So when the storms arise in your life, trust in Jesus. When the winds blow, they begin to blow and they blow and blow, trust in Jesus. David said, When my enemies, even my foes, came to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. We can claim that same victory today, this week, this month, and every year to come. All you have to do is trust in God because He died on Calvary for each one of us. Trust in the Lord because early on Sunday morning, guess what happened? He got up. He came forth. Came out of that grave with all power in His hands. And that power is available to us through the Holy Spirit when we trust and obey Jesus Christ. So my challenge is don't run from the battlefield. Stay in the battle and trust in God. He'll get you through. Our heavenly decision this morning, we're going to change it in the bulletin because Ted refused to play it again. <laughs> so we're going to do 427. 427. I had that mark. What did I do with it? No, 427 you said. Or did, did you say 427? Lead me to I have decided to follow Jesus. That's the one. Great day, great time to follow Jesus. No other, no other plea needs to be answered than the plea for each one of us to follow Him. Give your life to Christ. Surrender to Christian baptism. Have your sins washed away. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you have the power to withstand. The same as the same. You need to make a decision coming. First and last verse. <laughs>
Thank you.